Life Audio. Welcome to the Untangling Life Podcast with Rachel Wojo. I'm Rachel, and this podcast is where you'll find the space to clear your head and calm your heart. I'm so glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Well, hey there, friends. This is Rachel Wodo at the Untangling Life Podcast. I am so glad that you are listening in today. And today I have one of my friends in ministry, Brooke McLaughlin. Thank you so much for being with us today, Brooke. It is such a pleasure. Rachel, I have just loved knowing you for so long and seeing what God has done in you and through you. And it's just a pleasure to get to chat with you. So thank you for having me. For those of you who don't know Brooke, she is the founder of Million Praying Moms. And tell us, Brooke, what you do there at Million Praying Moms. Absolutely. So our mission and our passion at Million Praying Moms is to help moms see prayer not as a last resort, but as the first and best response to the challenges of parenting. And really, I my sneaky backdoor desire for for getting moms to pray and specifically getting them to pray God's word is that I know it's a form of uh, of how God can you work in their life to grow them to look more like him as they are praying for their children and they're going to God's word to try to figure out what to pray for their children God's word is going to do what it does in them as well and so that 10 years from now Five years from now, even one year from now, they're not going to look the same. They're not going to be the same mom that they were when they started. So that's kind of my my backdoor, like, this is what I know God's going to do. If I can just get you in God's word, praying for your children, he's going to do this in you. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And I've seen that in my own life and continue to see it in my own life. So I'm so excited for the conversation today because it's a tough one that I have talked about several times on the podcast Why do you think waiting on God to answer our prayers is so challenging? Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to speak for me, but I, I have a feeling that my answer is universal. And that is that we like to be in control. We don't like to wait for much of anything these days. I mean, I get annoyed, Rachel, when I have to wait for, for something to be delivered to my house that I ordered more than two days now. Like Amazon has ruined us for being able to, to wait for things. We don't enjoy waiting, but we specifically don't enjoy feeling like we're not in control. And what I have found is that often when I am upset, with the Lord, or I don't like that he's making me wait, or he's not answering the way that I think he should, what is actually happening is that I am focused on building my own kingdom, and I'm not focused on allowing him to build his kingdom through me, because those are two totally different things. Mm -hmm. When we pray the Lord's prayer, we are saying, Lord, let your kingdom come, not Lord, would you build Brooke's kingdom? Not Lord, would you build Rachel's kingdom? But Lord, use me to build your kingdom. And we say that. And how many of us who are listening today have have quoted that prayer in church or with a body of believers hundreds, if not thousands of times over the course of our lives? 
And yet when we pray, we still are so focused on building our own kingdom. And so I think when I get fussy with God, when I get impatient with God, it's because I'm trying to build my kingdom. The second reason, the second reason that I think this is an issue is because we don't understand the word good. So for example, I have prayed many times for things that I thought couldn't be anything but good in God's economy. So I have prayed for healing. I have prayed for uh, someone to come to Christ. I have prayed for a marriage to be restored. And those things either didn't happen or haven't happened yet. And we look at things like that. We look at prayers like that and we think, well, this would bring you so much glory, Lord, if you did this. How much, how, how wonderful would it be for you to exalt your name this way in this situation? And so we look at it and we call it good because it seems good to us. And it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's bad for us to pray for those things. It's that God is the one who defines what is good mm-hmm. and when that good should happen and how that good should happen. And again, that just goes back to us wanting to control what our circumstances are and what happens in our world. But when we learn to let go of some of that control, it really is quite freeing. And it really does bring a peace and a, and a grace to our lives when we can just step back and say, okay, Lord, you're in control. It's your kingdom I'm trying to build and you get to define what's good in my life. Yeah. The challenge is prying our fingers off and allowing God to do what he does best, which is orchestrate the big story picture. I think that's one of the encouraging things about waiting on God that we can hold on to that encouraging piece is that he not only knows today, but he knows eternity. So we can Mm -hmm. rest in his provision and in the one who created us from the beginning, we can rest in knowing that we don't have to control and really we don't want to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we don't want to. I know for me, I I have a tendency to mess things up a little when I start um, manipulating my prayer life and trying to uh, force God's hand in a way I will say that there is a time, I think, to really ask God to do immediate, urgent things. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess I'm just wondering, at what point in your life as a Christian did you really grapple with this whole idea of having patience in your prayer? Mm -hmm. I think there's probably several points that I could talk about. I could share several stories, but maybe... Maybe the one that feels the most immediate to me right now is is something that I'm struggling with or going through right now. Even having written a book called Everyday Prayers for Patients, I still feel like I'm constantly giving this over to the Lord in various aspects of my life. And I imagine I probably already always will uh, in some capacity, but I have always felt challenged in my prayers that God made me wait for. I'm not a patient person by, uh, by default. I, I think, um, there are people who tend to be more patient or more trusting. And I just, I struggle in that area. That's maybe why I had something to write about in the first place is because I struggle in that area. But I started writing about prayer 14 years ago, Rachel, a long time ago. My children were very, very young when I started writing about this. And in that season, it was 
it was, it was desperation. It was a sheer desperation that brought me to my knees in that season as a young mom. My, my children pushed me out of my comfort zone in every way possible that you possibly could. And, and I often felt like I was messing everything up as a young mom. That's what first propelled me to prayer. But now my children are 16 and 18 years old. You get this season. We both just graduated one. You have children that are older than that as well. You know how hard it can be to feel like you want this control. There's that control word word again, but you want this control, but you know that it's right and good to start letting go of that control. And it's hard. It's difficult to, to balance some of that. But I've found that in this season, that while my prayers are still desperate at times, they're very different than they were before. Now, something to note is that both of my children have made a profession of faith. And as I watch them grow and mature, in spite of that, in spite of the fact that they've made a profession of faith, there are still things that they beliefs or um, behaviors or things like that, that they have embraced that I might not agree with. Now, I'm not trying to paint a bad picture of my kids. Both of them are, are walking with the Lord, I think, the best way they know how in this season of their lives. But sometimes I get really impatient for them to be as mature in their faith as I am. So the other day, I was talking to one of my children about an expression of my faith that I have embraced that maybe some believers haven't. It's it's one of those personal things that I feel like God has called me to do that isn't necessarily a matter of sin. It's just, this is a way that I feel like God has called me to live out my life that I can best represent him. He might not call you to do the same thing, Rachel. It's it's not a clear matter of this is absolutely sin. This is absolutely not. And God gives us freedom, by the way, to be able to do that. It's really wonderful when we when we can grasp that. But it's an area that I feel personally convicted to act in a certain way. And one of my children doesn't feel convicted in the same way. So we've had all these conversations where we are looking at the word together. And I'm trying to explain to him that my position on this issue is not one of you're sinning if you do or don't do this but it's one of personal conviction. And I really do wish with all of my heart that he would share that conviction. And I have prayed and will continue to pray that the Lord will at some point give him the ability to share that conviction because it's important to me. Again, it's not it's not a matter of whether or not he's going to heaven or hell. It's just an expression of his faith that I hope he's going to get someday. And so I pray for it but I have to wait for him to get there. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I have to wait for God to mature and develop his faith and show him what I see pretty clearly with my own eyes. And so the other day I was, I was reading in Philippians three and I came across the verses uh, 15 and 16 then say, let us all who are mature think this way. And if you think differently about anything, God will reveal this also to you. In any case, we should live up to whatever truth we have attained. And it struck me as I was reading that, that this is exactly what parents experience as they watch their children mature in Christ. We might wish that they had the same experiential knowledge of Christ that we do. I'm 45 years old and I have lived a whole lot more life than my children have. And I have walked with the Lord deeply for a much longer amount of time than they have. And the fact of the matter is they can't see life the same way that I do. They simply can't. And most of what we can do as parents is to pray that God will reveal the truth to our kids if their thinking is immature in some way. And and by immature, I'm not saying that they're necessarily wrong or or that it's wrong to be a 16 or an 18 or a 24-year-old Christian with a limited perspective on life. It isn't wrong to only have walked with the Lord for a few years instead of a lifetime. You know, again, I'm 45 and I still have a long way to go. The right thing, though, is for all of us to live up to whatever truth we've attained today and then try to pray for God to give us more tomorrow. Right. And that is where I am, am feeling it the most deeply right now is I am impatient for my children to know the Lord the way I do. But I have to look back on my own life and say, it took time for me to get here. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that I live out on a daily basis today, I wouldn't have embraced exactly the same way when I was, you know, 20 years ago. And mm-hmm. that's a freedom that we have to give God in our children's lives to mature them the way he sees fit. And that's hard as a parent. It is hard. And I think we don't want to see them struggle mm-hmm. and we fail. We we want to protect them from the struggle when the struggle is actually what will produce the long-term fruit that we're looking for. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. being willing to adjust that instantaneous mindset of, I want my kid, I want to see my kid at this place and I want to see it now. Just being willing to allow them the struggle and pray for them through that struggle, I think is is part of grappling with that patience, but we've all heard that statement. Whatever you do, don't pray for patience. And I'm looking at your beautiful cover for your book and <laughs> I didn't get my book yet, but it, it, um, everyday prayers for patience. This journal is, I love the way you've worded this, giving yourself and your kids the grace to grow. So you might not like what you've prayed for if you pray for patience, right? How do you unmask that myth? in everyday prayers for patience, that praying for patience is sort of a dangerous way to pray, or do you embrace it? Which one? Well, I believe that there are some things about the word of God that we will never know this side of heaven, right? There are some things that he gives us the amount of information that he intended for us to have. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, it's not enough for us to fully understand it right now. Our, Our brains are not strong enough, or he just didn't intend for us to. And Mm. so one of those things that I feel like I just live in the gray area with is the sovereignty of God and free will. Mm. 
I believe that we can see both of them in scripture. Um, there was a, an, an older pastor friend of mine who said that uh, he called them the twin towers of scripture. Like they're both there. We can see them, but we don't always understand how they work together. Right. Um, and so the fact is that, that, that as I have studied patients that I have been able to boil this down to is that God is going to allow into my life and into your life the things that he deems right to grow us into what he wants us to be. And it's so personal, Rachel. It's not going to be the same things for you as it is for me. Again, there's that freedom. God, God knows us so intimately. He knows exactly what we need in order to get us to the point that he wants us to be. And when we come to Christ, when we become believers and we say, yes, to the Lord, we're actually giving him the right to do that. We're saying you have permission, Lord, to do whatever you want to do in my life to make me look more like Jesus. And so in my opinion, whether we invite God specifically to develop patience in us or not, he's going to do it. Right. Right. For sure. It's part of, yeah, it's part of the sanctification process. And more than that, patience is a part of the fruit of the spirit that in Galatians five, it's this, this fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, all of them, they get planted in our hearts as believers when we come to Christ. And because they're fruit, it just kind of alludes to the fact that God wants to grow them, that they can be grown. And so we all have them in our lives. And I think, you know, I think maybe, maybe our prayer, our, our full of faith prayer to say, Lord, develop patience in me. Lord, give me patience. I, I think that probably pleases the Lord. It probably is, is a good thing for us to be able to have our hands open that much to the Lord. But I don't necessarily think that choosing not to pray for patience is going to stop that process. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So being willing to surrender to what God would want is always the full measure of our faith. You said parenting is the sanctification process. I think praying for our children is a part of that process. And so praying for patience for ourselves, as well as praying for patience for our children, that almost feels like just a prayer surrender. It's Mm -hmm. a prayer surrender to whatever God has. How have you seen prayers for patients, improve your everyday life, just from a practical perspective, mm-hmm. what would you say have, have you seen happen? I think that it has given me the ability to be less anxious when things don't go my way. You know, yeah. the world does not define peace and patience the same way that God does. There are going to be things. I, I promise you, for every believer that's listening right now, I promise you, if there has not yet been something that has kicked your feet out from under you, there will be at some point. And I'm not wishing ill on you. I'm just saying this is life. This is the way it is. And so I think focusing on God's definition of patience, and like you said, surrendering, just opening my my hands and saying, Lord, I trust you to take care of me in this has allowed me to have less anxiety on a daily basis. And anxiety, by the way, is is just rampant among our kids in this day and age. And I think among adults as well. So this is a real need. This is something that on a very practical level, men and women of God need more of in their lives. Um, I think one of the things that it has done is, is made me better able to trust God's plan when I can't really see it, when I can't see the end of it. I found myself 
saying things to the Lord, like instead of panicking, saying things like, what are you up to here, Lord? Or what are you going to do? How are you going to surprise me in this? Because I know you're going to show up for me. I know you're going to take care of my needs. It may not look like I want it to because God has the right to say no. He also has the right to say wait, as we've talked about, but you're going to, you promise that you're going to. So instead of panicking and getting mad at God, which probably would have been my default 10 years ago, my default now is to say, what are you going to do, Lord? How are you going to do this for me? And what is my part in it? And then I think maybe one of the things that would resonate the most with with women is that I think I offer grace more freely. So I think the last thing that maybe would resonate with most of the people listening is that um, I think I offer grace more freely now than I used to. And I am, I am not by default of a, a grace, a graceful person. I am not, I don't default to offering grace. I tend to be a little bit judgmental. I tend to be reactive. When someone hurts me, I tend to take it personally. I'm just being really honest with you right now. This, this is my struggle. And I think over the years, God has used this, this practice of learning to wait on him and joyfully surrendering and trusting him when I can't understand everything to soften me a good bit so that I'm better at getting to the grace part. Right. I feel that same way because I am a rule follower. My husband will just tell you, I always say rules are there for a reason. And I'm the person who always takes the shopping cart back to the spot. You know, that's just what you do. You know, no matter how bad it's raining, no matter how many puddles are in the way or how much ice is on the pavement, I always take the shopping cart back. And, and so that part of me that is a rule follower can be can turn to legalistic so quickly. Mm-hmm. And so I would agree with you, God has used so many things in my life to soften me and to help me embrace grace. But I think one of the places that I still struggle with it often, I'm great at extending it to other people, but I'm not as good at extending it to myself. So I love that you're saying, give yourself and your kids the grace to grow how would you summarize what you hope to accomplish by offering this beautiful, it's a 30-day devotional and reflective journal. Everyone who's listening to the podcast knows how near and dear the topic of prayer is to my heart and how much I believe in journaling. So what would you say would be the biggest takeaway for someone who really wants to dive into this material? Absolutely. I just want to see God grow the fruit of the spirit in women of God, men and women of God. I want to see the church, the, the, the capital C church begin to function less as keyboard warriors and less as uh, judgmental and so quick to cancel. And I want to see us begin to, to get back to functioning the way that God intended us to. And I want to challenge us to take the time to grow in those areas, to take the time just with a plant, as with a plant, to take the time to prune and to water and to nurture these seeds that God has placed in our lives and to give him the freedom to do that because you will not be the same if you allow God to do that work in your life. So, so good, Brooke. Thank you so much 
for being with me today, for um, sharing with everyone who's listening about this topic of prayer and waiting on God and how we can grow in this area. Really appreciate everything that you had to say. Would you remind me, and I will include all of this in the show notes, I will include the resource link where you can go purchase the book, but I also want Brooke to share with us now, um, both audibly and for the video, how we can connect with Million Praying Moms and your resources, Brooke. Absolutely. So the Everyday Prayers Library, there's several Everyday Prayers prayer journals in our library, growing library. Those are really for the heart of the mom. And you can find all of those at millionprayingmoms.com, including Everyday Prayers for Patients. But we also have lots of resources to help you learn to pray for your children in the areas they need it most. So I would love for you to engage and just start praying somewhere. You can find it all at millionprayingmoms.com. And my favorite social is Instagram. You can find us there as well at Million Praying Moms. Awesome. So I will include those links in the show notes and we will um, make sure that you also have the opportunity to purchase um, Brooke's beautiful book, Everyday Prayers for Patients. Brooke, thanks for this conversation today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your heart. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Untangling Life podcast with Rachel Wojo. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, be sure to subscribe. For show notes and free resources, visit rachelwojo.com. See you again soon. Finding uplifting news in today's headlines is often like searching for a needle in a haystack. At the Story Behind podcast, we believe in the power of finding heartwarming tales and are happy to share empowering stories with you every week. Get inspired by the note a waitress received from a patron dining alone. And even hear about how one VIP passenger made a hardworking pilot get emotional before his flight. To start listening to the Story Behind podcast, visit lifeaudio.com.